Welcome to another episode of Tuesdays with Roger. I'm Diana Guvertz, and once again, we are here with Roger Etner of Recon Analytics. Hey, you, Roger. Hello. How are you? I'm well. It's Tuesday, and I am excited because I want to rehash something with you. I know we talked recently about the CBRS band, but I kind of want to dig back into it again because there's a lot that's been going on. I mean, recently, uh, some of the carrier interests, uh, most notably CTIA and T-Mobile, have been petitioning the FCC to change the rules in that band, and that has caused quite a kerfuffle. And I kind of want to see if you can talk more about that. So in particular, what CTIA wanted is they want bigger license areas and longer licensed terms. And then T-Mobile jumped on back of that and they said, hey, let's get rid of the uh, the general licensing altogether and auction off the whole band. Um, so some people are really not happy about this. Uh, Google also recently came out and was like, hey, that'll kind of defeat the purpose of the CBRS band. So I'm gonna turn it over to you. What do you make of all of this? Well, um... We have a, a pretty attractive band in 3.5 gigahertz. The, uh, the FCC under Chairman Wheeler, um, which was always very friendly towards the uh, uh, Silicon Valley people, uh, put together a, a program that uh, made, a, made that spectrum available in, in, a, in a way where it makes a lot of sense for, for Silicon Valley companies. Uh, so you have spectrum that uh, comes on a first come, first serve basis, and you have to play nice and licensed. And then you have uh, priority licenses uh, that uh, give you two year non renewable licenses for a given area. Um, so if you are on a best efforts basis, like, like Google, because Google gives it to you for cheap, free, depending on what it is. But uh, if it's not working, good luck finding a customer service number for Google. <laughs> uh, you know, for them, it's, it's really ideal, because they can just put up infrastructure and don't have to pay for the licenses, and that's usually billions and billions of dollars. Uh, and provide service, and if it works, it's great, and if it doesn't work, well, too bad. Um, a carrier can't really do a business under these conditions, because they charge money for, the, for it, and uh, they want, and therefore, Customers have the rightful expectation that it's actually working. And if it's not working, that they can complain. Right. So um, activity in, in the 3.5 has been haphazard, spotty, you name it. Some of it is used, a lot of it is not used. Uh, so the, the build it and they will come uh, thing, or they license it and they will come and build. Well, they haven't come yet and built. Right. So the carriers with their perennial um, hunger for more spectrum is looking at this and are saying, well, wouldn't this be awesome for 5G? And oh, it would be a roaming band with a lot of other countries. Wouldn't that be neat? And 
the Silicon Valley guys, the Wisp guys, whoever else, hasn't really done much with this. So no harm done. We're not kicking anybody or too many people off. Okay. And they're like, hold on, we got the spectrum. Uh, we'll get to it eventually. <laughs> okay, so I want to dig into something, Roger, that you mentioned. You mentioned the, the global 3.5 gigahertz band. I mean, what can you tell us about that? And I mean, do the carriers have a point here that this could help, you know, sync us up with what everybody else in the world is doing? Well, for example, China put like the whole 3.5 to, to 4 something um, uh, aside for 5G. And uh, we talked about the 3.7 to 4.2 initiative, and uh, this would be the lower part of, uh, of the, what, for example, the Chinese are doing. Right. And, uh, you know, more countries are looking at that band and, and see what they can do with it. And the U.S. likes to do things slightly differently, and, you know, so uh, this would be one way of, of harmonizing what we're doing with the rest of the world. Uh, you know, it, I, I always looked at, at the, the 3.5, what the FCC there did as an interesting experiment and uh, largely driven from their desire to create more competition for the established providers right. and uh, letting smaller companies uh, compete hard. Um, You know, they haven't showed up yet. That's the problem. So this, the, the competition that, that the Wheeler FCC tried to stimulate uh, wasn't stimulated. Uh, and, uh, and, and the Google guys, right, fully from their perspective, say, like, well, give it time. Uh, especially when they don't have, they're doing trials in that in Kansas City where they're pairing it with, um, with their Google Fiber strategy, but since Google Fiber has basically stopped its expansion, uh, they're basically protecting the, the couple of cities where they have and, and might, might roll this out. Uh, they have flipped this whole thing to, to their wireless strategy, but I think they will see that you want licensed spectrum where you can actually control the user experience if you want to do a serious uh, consumer business. I don't think they want to do, just as I said with Google Fiber, they're in this for regulatory arbitrage to get other people to build the network. And I think here it's the same thing for, from Google's perspective. They are, they are building it, making everybody look good or bad in like three cities. And then say, if we can build it in three cities, why can't they build it in a thousand cities? You know? Right. Well, because it costs a lot of money. That's why. You know, why don't you want to spend it? You right. know, and then Borat will come out and say, you know, uh, we're about prudent spending. So, I mean, uh, speaking of spending, then, then what happens? So, let's see, say the FCC does decide to change the rules in the CBRS ban. I mean, what happens to all the investments uh, that companies, you know, for example, those in the CBRS alliance have been making uh, with an eye to this ban? Well, somewhere between, you know, they're holding a bag <laughs> with their old equipment in it and like, <laughs> tough luck, uh, to probably what 
or would be a good one if, if they would get reimbursed for their uh, their investment uh, through the auction revenue that that gets created by licensing out the spectrum. There should be more than enough uh, to make both uh, the treasury happy and uh, and 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 whoever uh, made a bet on this and doesn't get to sleep in it. <laughs> Uh, is there any way for them to, to, to pivot and maybe market some of the, the things they've been developing to the carriers, or are the carriers going to go forge their own path? I mean, we know Verizon likes to own most of what it does, but... Well, they, they have like this whole initiative, uh, and, and they have the whole ecosphere uh, set up with, you know, Qualcomm, Ericsson, Nokia, all the guys are... are are basically lined up here, and I think the carriers would want to take that stuff that's actually built for for their purposes rather than repurpose what somebody else did. Got it. You like to have control over what you do, right? And typically, you want to have either you want to have one car one company or at least one company doing either the entire network for you or or at least large parts. You never have a, a, a city uh, with equipment from two vendors. That's a recipe for disaster. OK. I'm thinking about interoperability in terms of 5G, but there's a different question I want to ask. Um, and so, I, I mean, one of the things that people have talked about a lot is Sprint's advantage because it has this massive treasure trove of 2.5 gigahertz spectrum, right? I mean, it's a little bit higher band than most other carriers have, uh, so they can add more capacity, more speed, yada, yada, yada. How would it shift the mix of carrier spectrum holdings and advantages, disadvantages, if all the other carriers got access to this 3.5? Well, the, the 2.5, the advantages come not from being in 2.5. Uh, or there are disadvantages, disadvantages. What comes, why, why Sprint is an advantage is because they have more than a 150 megahertz of it. Right. Which is like more than what you often have, like the entire PC, the entire PCS band. Um, so uh, the advantage of going higher up in, in frequency uh, are that you typically have more spectrum available, advantage to Sprint here. Uh, and this, the advantage also it has, it doesn't penetrate walls well, and the signal doesn't travel as far. So you can uh, have a much higher reuse model than you can have with lower frequency spectrum. Also, since you're going higher up in frequency, the size of your antenna goes down. Right. So you can do a massive MIMO in 2.5, 3.5 higher bands, which you can't do in 600, 700, 850 uh, megahertz spectrum, uh, because the antennas simply get too large. Right. The disadvantage of going higher up is the same thing with the range. It doesn't go that far. So you're forced into a capacity play. And, and so the same thing applies then to 3.5. And imagine they get the entire 3.5 to 4.2. That's 1.2 gigahertz, 1,200 megahertz. 
that's like more than what they have, the entire spectrum that they have right now. Right. So that would be a massive game changer. Where every, and, and that's like what we're looking at. It's like more spectrum that we and what we have today, all in one band. That would be our capacity solution for the next couple of years. So, I mean, what would you say the odds are that, that the FCC would spring for something like that? I mean, uh, they're getting all this lobbying from all the telco groups, but, you know, they're also getting pushback from public interest groups. I mean, uh, are we likely to see some change in this, this respect? I think it's much more likely that we will see something in 3.7 to 4.2 than, than in 3.5. Uh, is it impossible or, or because typically the FCC tries not to go back on what they have done in the past and usually then lawsuits and hilarity ensues. Uh, we've seen that with the Wheeler FCC that has reversed a lot of things that previous administrations have done and, and then everybody uh, was in a tiffy. Uh, and partially is still in a tiffy. Uh, so I, I'm not sure how likely it is to do three point, the, the, the 3.5. Uh, doesn't hurt trying. T-Mobile has a terrific track record and Sprint has a terrific record in trying and against all odds winning big time. That's how, how T-Mobile won the 600 megahertz spectrum. Brilliant execution of a daring strategy. And they walked away or ran away with 31 megahertz. Here they can, if, if they can make it happen, more power to them. Right. Well, uh, the FCC has another meeting coming up at the end of September, and comments on this petition, uh, these petitions from CTIA and T-Mobile were due earlier in August, so we will keep an eye on the FCC as they meet uh, later in September. Uh, but Roger, thank you so much for sharing your insights in the meantime. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll be back next week, guys, with another episode, so stay tuned.